Hi, I'm Pastor Robbie Barrett, and I want to take this time to thank you for taking time out of your busy day to listen to a life-changing word from God. And I pray that as you listen to these podcasts, that it will shape your way of thinking and that you will be walking in the fullness of what God has for you. When the Bible talks about hearing the Word of God, it means to listen, to take it in, to ponder upon it, really chew on it, so that revelation comes forth. If you got your Bibles with me, I want you to turn again to Genesis 3.15. Genesis 3.15. And again, I appreciate everybody being here, those that are watching on Facebook and those that will be watching through television. The Word is getting out. Amen? That's our assignment. Get the Word of God out. Let's open up in prayer. Father, we thank You for Your words today. I am simply Your mouthpiece. You give me the words to speak and I speak them. And I thank You, Father, that Your words are effective. They prosper in the area You sent it to. They do not return back void, but they accomplish what You determine. And I thank You for this today that you are not sitting down somewhere doing nothing. You are on the move. You are getting your assignments done, Father, because I know that the kingdom of God is advancing in this hour, and we thank you that we get to be a part of it, and we give you all the glory and the praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. All right, look here. He says, I will put enmity between thee and the woman... Between thy seed and her seed, it shall bruise thy head, and the enemy will do what? He will bruise the heel. Let me say this again. What will the enemy do? He will try to bruise the heel. If you want to entitle this message today, I want you to entitle it, A Blow to the Heel. A blow to the heel. Last week, real quickly, we dealt with what? What is this all about? It's all about the seed, amen? The seed of God versus the seed of the serpent. We dealt with generational things. We dealt with breaking cycles. We dealt with how to disrupt things in the spirit. Now, today, I want to deal with suffering. Now, I want you to see something on this last part right here. Now, many of you have heard this verse many, many times. And again, I want you to understand and I want you to know that this is not just talking about Jesus versus Satan. This is still going on today. That God, we are the seed of God. Amen? We are the seed of Abraham through Christ Jesus. That's what the Word declares unto us. And God is wanting to cause within us generational impact. In other words, He does not want what He's doing in your life to die with you. He wants it to continue. Satan knows the power of seed, so he takes what God does and he tries to replicate it. Because we know that Satan's sole desire is to do what? He wants to be like God. Are you hearing me in here this morning? What did he say within his heart? He said, I will make my throne above the Most High. I will descend above the clouds and above the stars. His desire is to be worshipped as God. So just as God is doing things within the earth, Satan is trying to do the same thing by how? Seed. But I want you to look at the last part of this verse right here. He says, and the serpent will bruise the heel. Has anybody ever thought, what does that phrase mean? Right? Today, I'm going to give you two different revelations about what this scripture is saying. Because as you know something, let me tell you something. You have to understand the word of God by the spirit. Are you hearing me? What I'm trying to tell you is is that anybody can come in here and read the words off of these pages. That doesn't mean anything. You have to be able to understand it by the Spirit of God. 
Because if you don't, it just remains words on a page. It's just like any other book. Now look here, 2 Corinthians 4, 16, verses 18. Or 16 through 18. Look here, he says, For which cause we faint not. This is Paul speaking. And this was when Paul was going through one of the roughest times he had ever been through in his life. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? When there are times it feels like you are under immense pressure. Where you look around and all you see is trouble. Now look at what Paul says right here. He says, For which cause we faint not, though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Remember that right there. Day by day. Next verse. He says, For our light affliction... Now, if you read the first part of this chapter, he will tell you that we went to the point, we came to the place in our life where we despised life itself. He said we were perplexed, we were troubled, we were pressured, and he said what we were going through felt as if it was unbearable. But then by the end of the chapter, he makes this statement. He says, for our light affliction. Let me ask you a question in here this morning. Do you see what you're going through as a light affliction? Which is but for a moment works within us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Verse 18. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are what? Temporary. For the things which are not seen are what? Eternal. Now, I want you to see something here. Most people, when I just read you that, these few verses here, what came to your mind immediately? Suffering. Most people, watch this, most people make a life out of suffering. Now, everybody in here, you're going to go through tough times. You're going to go through pressure. You're going to go through times where it seems like there is trouble all around you. But what I want to show you is, is that so many people make suffering their life. Watch this. Can I tell you that there are certain people that make suffering as godliness? How many has ever heard that phrase, cleanliness is next to godliness? Can I change that and tell you that most people's mindset is suffering is next to godliness. The more they suffer, the more godly they are. That's not true. Because I can, tell, I can show you a world out there that is absolutely suffering, but they are no closer to God than they were before the suffering. Just because you are suffering, just because you are going through something right now, does not mean that you are growing spiritually. That's what I want to tell you today. Because I want to tell you that there is a godly suffering, but there is an ungodly suffering also. We need to know the difference. Now, listen to this mystery that Paul gives. There is a suffering... Now, he's talking about suffering right here. But what Paul is showing us, watch this. He says there is a suffering that doesn't hurt you. Y'all didn't hear what I said. I said there is a suffering that doesn't hurt you, that doesn't destroy you, but there is actually a suffering that will reveal something to you. Look at verse 16 again. Pull up verse 16 for me, Dave. He said, For which cause we faint not, though our outward man perish, yet our inward man is renewed, how? Day by day. Watch this. For which cause we faint not. The Greek says it this way. He says, For which cause we do not lose heart. Say that word with me. Heart. 
though our outward man is perishing. Now, when you hear that, you think, I'm dying. I'm fading off. I'm getting ready to go to heaven. I'm getting ready to go to Beulah Land. That's not what he's saying. He said, we are dying to our own ability. You didn't hear me. Paul said, we went through a circumstance that our own abilities, our own strength, our own... uh, what we could achieve could no longer cut it. We were forced to have to depend on the power within us. Are you hearing me in here this morning? He said we had to shift from an outward man to an inward man to be able to make it through this thing. See, I'm telling what I'm trying to tell you today is that there is a suffering that is pleasing to God. What would you say in here this morning? I said there is a suffering that is pleasing to God. Do you remember the verse in Isaiah where God is talking about His Son Jesus and He makes this statement. It said it pleased God to cause Jesus to suffer. It pleased Him. Now, you may be in here this morning and you're saying, that doesn't make any sense to me. Well, by the time I'm done with this message, it's going to make perfect sense to you. You're going to be able to understand. But I want you to know the difference between demonic suffering and godly suffering. Because sometimes there are things that you don't need to put up with. Come on. There are some things that you need to fight and come against, but then there are other things that you need to learn something in it. Are you hearing what I'm saying here this morning? Again, the title of this message is A Blow to the Heel. What does that mean when it says the serpent will bruise the heel? He said, even though we are going through this suffering, we do not lose heart. How do I know the suffering that I may be going through right now is of God allowing it as a part of the process or if this is something sent by the enemy to destroy me? How do I know the difference? When the enemy sends something to attack you, it will cause you to lose your mind. How many has ever went through something and it just... You feel like you're about to lose your mind. You feel like you can't go on. I mean, your mind is tormented. Paul said, what we went through, it was tough. He said, we despise life itself. He said, but we did not lose heart. What is your heart made of? Your heart is made up of what? Your soul and your spirit. Watch this. Godly suffering will cause your mind to be transformed, not destroyed. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Demonic, when the enemy sends trouble to you, it will cause you to lose your mind and it not be transformed. It will cause you to give up. It will cause you to quit. So God says, watch this, Paul said we did not lose our mind, our soul, but we kept on fighting, we kept on standing. Can I tell you something in here this morning that you are not just transformed by reading a verse? Let me say that again. You're not just transformed by reading some verses. Now, we know the Bible says we're transformed, but when we get the Word of God in us, right? That is correct. But can I tell you another way that you are transformed? You are also transformed by the things that you endure. Is there anybody in here this morning that can raise your hand and tell me, hey, I am not... 
I am, I am who I am today by the things that God has brought me through. Come on. So you're not just transformed by some verses that you came along and you said, oh, that, that really moved me. That changed the way that I thought. You are also transformed by the things that you have went through. The things that you have endured. Is that right? So watch this. God makes this statement also in the Word of God. Do you remember this? He says, if you suffer with me, you will also what? Reign with me. How many remembers that verse? He says, if you suffer with me, if you learn how to endure, you will reign with me. What does that statement mean? It means this. He says, if you let me process you, if you let me shape you and mold you. Now, the Bible makes statements like this, how you'll be tried by fire. Come on. How God will purify you. How God will take you through things, and when He is done with the process, you come out better than ever. Is that right? That is the suffering part. Now, what is the reigning part? The reigning part is when you come through this, your character is developed. Listen to me. Anointing without character is disaster. I don't care how anointed you are. I don't care how gifted you are. I don't care if you speak tongues of angels. Your character has to be able to sustain you. I heard somebody put it like this. This is a great example. The fruits that are on the end of the tree, right? Character is the branch that's holding them. Without that character, without that process and development, I don't care what fruit you have, what anointing you have, it, it'll end up costing you. It'll end up destroying you because character is what is needed to sustain. So he says, if you rule, or if you suffer with me, you will also reign with me. So remember this, you are not just transformed by verses, words of God. You are also transformed by what you have endured. Many of you have been around me long enough, you know the faith that I preach. You know the things that I teach you. Now, <clears throat> God has brought me a long ways. He... He has given me victory in many areas of my life, but I didn't start there. There was a time when I started weak, when I started subject to everything. But as I let God process me and I endured some things. See, many of you see me right now, you haven't seen the trouble that I've had to go through. Come on. You, you haven't seen the fires and the pressures that I've had to go through. But I'm telling you is part of the things that God has told me has transformed me, but other things is what He's brought me through. L let me say it to you like this. You walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You don't build a house there. Now you're going to walk through it. Come on. And some of you are saying, I'm already there. Well, I've got good news for you. God doesn't want you to stay there. God wants you to go through it. Come on, somebody say go through it. If you're in the process right now, if you feel the pressure right now, now's not a time to give up and say, well, you know what, this is the way life's going to be. No, go through it. Because he made a promise. He said, if you suffer with me, you will also reign with me. Somebody say amen. So Paul says we don't lose heart. Because there is something coming out of this. Look at the next verse one more time. Verse, uh, yeah, right there. He says, there is an exceeding and eternal weight of glory coming out of this. Let me ask you a question here this morning. What do you see? What do you see? Because if all you see is right now, where you are at this moment in time, if all you see is that, 
you're going to give up. You're going to give up. You are going to lose heart. There's a reason why he said we don't lose heart. We don't lose our mind. We make sure that our soul is prospering. Come on. What's the difference between godly sorrow and demonic attack? Demonic attack is after your mind. He's after to where you can't even think straight. You can't even focus on what God said. You can't even hear God anymore. That's when you know that the suffering that you're going through is not sent by God. Come on. It's by either a lack of obedience. Come on. A foolish decision. Or your reluctancy to get into God's plan. Let me ask you this question. Do you want what God wants? Let me go over here. Do you want what God wants? I didn't ask you what you wanted. Do you want what God wants? There are many times in my journey with God that God has said, go this way. And I, and I thought to myself, uh, Lord, it looks better over here. But God didn't say, I didn't ask you what it looked like. Are you going to do what I told you to do? Come on, somebody say amen if you're with me. What did he say? He said, if you are what? Willing and obedient. I'll obey God. He didn't say just obey Him. He said, if you're willing. And, and, and what does it mean by willing? Where Jesus said, not my will, but yours. But I want your will done. I want it done. I want it done. That's being willing and obedient. Okay, so even though I may be suffering right now, something is happening. I'm not going further away from God. I am drawing closer to God. Are y'all seeing the difference? My mind, I'm learning how to think like God. I'm not going away from God. That's what Paul was saying. He's saying even though we were under pressure, even though we were under attack, there was trouble all around us, we shifted our focus. We were no longer focused on the outside, but we were looking to the inward man. Let me say something to you this morning. Listen to this. You can't go where your mind has not been transformed. Praise God, I just want God to bless me financially. I just want Him to bless me. Have you already, do you already see yourself blessed in your mind? Because I promise you, I don't care how many seeds you sow, I don't care how much you give, whatever. If your mindset is not already I am prosperous, you're not going to go there. I don't care how many healing seminars you go to. How, if you go to healing school, if you go to every prayer line that they got open, if you do not already see yourself by His stripes, I'm healed. If you don't see that already, you, it's not going to happen. Do you know what that means when it says, Whatsoever man thinks in his heart, so is he? Do you know what that means when he says, Be transformed by the renewing of your mind? He's talking about your imagination. What is your imagination on a daily basis? What do you think about throughout your day-by-day life? How could Paul call what he was going through a light affliction. How could he do that? Go to verse 18 one more time, Dave. Let me tell you how. He, he tells you. He says, I do not look at what is seen. Listen to me. You don't understand what that's saying. You think you do. He said, I don't look at what I see. In other words, my mind is not on what's going on right now. That didn't mean that he was doing this. That's not what that's saying. He's saying my focus was not on where I was at the present time. I Watch this. God has put in my imagination 
what my future holds. For some of you, watch this, for some of you, you already see yourself in your new house. You already see yourself in your new business. You already see yourself where your ministry is in the future. That's what he's talking about. So watch this. What you see right now is irrelevant. I didn't tell you it's not going on. I didn't tell you it's not real. He said, my imagination is on what? What is eternal? What is to come? I'm going to tell you this statement again. I believe I said this last week. This is a statement that God made to me one time before. He said, what is more real to you? He said, when you walk around day by day, I want you to say, this is where my home is. I run a full-time ministry. I am blessed. Now, why would he tell me to do that? Because I can never go to that place if I don't see it now. Let me say this one more time. You can't go where your mind has not been transformed yet. Paul said the inward man is renewed day by day, not week by week. Come on. I'm so glad you're here this morning. I really am. But if this is the only time you're being transformed, it's not going to cut it. Come on. He didn't say season by season. Well, I'm just going through a dry season right now. That's not what he said. He said, my inward man is renewed day by day. You have to constantly force your mind on what to think. Notice I didn't say don't think at all. That's crazy stuff. You hear people say, well, just don't think about it. That doesn't work. Because your mind was designed to think. I don't care what your wife says. Your mind was designed to think. So if you just say, well, I'm, not just going, I'm just not going to think about it. That's not going to work. You have to replace it. As I said last week, you have to replace demonic strongholds with godly strongholds. If you want your mind to think differently, you can't just say, well, I'm not going to think about what's going on and I'm not going to think about what the enemy said and I'm not going to think about all the doubts around me. You have to replace those thoughts because your mind is going to think, I promise you. So he said, I do this on a daily basis. I have to force my mind to think on what is ahead of me. What my future holds. Because guess what? That's how I pull my future into the now. That's how you do it. All right, so watch this. He says, there is a suffering that occurs in your journey that God rejoices in. Did you know that? Now, I don't see one smile. I didn't hear one amen, but I'm going to show you exactly what I'm talking about. Come here, Steve. I didn't surprise him today. I I gave him a heads up. Let me show you what I'm talking about when I tell you that there is certain things that you go through in your life, certain sufferings that God actually rejoices in. I didn't say for, I said in. That's why Paul says, thank God in how many things? All. He didn't say for all things. He said in all things. All right, pretend this morning that I am Stevie's personal trainer. Now, as his personal trainer, it is my job to transform and develop his body. That's my job. That's what he's hired me to do, right? He said, hey, I want you to transform me. I want to look like so-and-so. I want to be able to do this and that. So he hires me. Okay, I cannot come to him and say, all right, I'm going to transform you, but there's not going to be any pain involved. Nothing's going to be hard. 
Nothing's going to be strenuous. But before you know it, you're going to be transformed. You're going to be looking buff. You're going to be able to run up mountains and not get tired. You're going to be able to do all this stuff. But watch this. So we start the journey. He hires me, and I say, okay, let's go. We start the journey. I start making him do stuff that he don't particularly enjoy. Now, watch this. So he works out the first time. The next day he comes to me, he's sore. He's feeling pain. During the workout, do you know what he's saying? I'm not going to make this. I'm not going to. This is hard. This is tough. I don't know if I can go through this. But you know what I'm doing? I'm not over here saying, oh, bless your heart. I, I, don't, I hate this. No, I am pushing him. Come on, give me one more. Does God ever do that with you? You come to God, you say, God, I don't know if I can do it. You can make it. You can do it. Come on. Now, when he comes to me the next day and he's sore, I'm not depressed. I'm not sorry. Watch this. I am excited and I am rejoicing. Can anybody tell me why, as somebody hired to help him, is rejoicing in his suffering? Because I know... I know that he is, even though he is suffering right now, this suffering is making him stronger. Come on. It is, watch this, I know that he is coming out of this better than he was before. But now watch this, there is a demonic suffering. Now, if on day one I took a bat to him, and just beat him, and he comes to me the next day, and he's all sore, that's not a good kind of sore. I'm, I'm not, watch this, I'm not helping him, I'm harming him. You can go ahead and sit down. Just because, watch this, just because you're suffering doesn't mean it's hurting you. That's why I told you at the beginning of this message, there is a suffering that actually doesn't hurt you. Yeah, he may be sore the next day, but guess what? It's just like Paul said, it's temporary. On the other side of this, that's actually Stevie's body getting stronger. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. There is a suffering that God, there is a process that God rejoices in because He sees the outcome of you. He sees you already stronger. He sees you wiser. He sees you tougher. He sees you coming out a mighty man or woman of God. So therefore, He rejoices. Are you hearing what I'm saying? <laughs> so there is a suffering that is pleasing to God. Look at Philippians 3.10. Look at what Paul says here. He says that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection. We stop right there. I want to know the power of His resurrection. I want to know that power. Finish it. And what? The fellowship of His sufferings. Why? So that I will be conformable unto His death. What does that mean? Is God wanting you to die? Is that what he's saying? What does that mean? Let's look at it. When Paul said our inward man is being renewed, that word right there means the the last verse I just told you. When he said our outward man is perishing, right? He's dying off. Our old way of thinking, our way of trying to handle things by ourselves, that's fading away. Because I promise you, God will put you in places where you are forced to have to depend and rely on Him. And that's not for your bad, that's for your good, that's for your benefit. See, Stevie is forced to rely on his trainer. He don't have a choice. 
So Paul said, our inward man is being renewed. That word renewed right there, what do you think that that means? Can I tell you this morning what that means? That word in the Greek means to go from one stage to a higher, more developed stage. There is a suffering that causes you to shift from outward to inward. That causes you to develop your inward man to a more developed stage. How many times have you said, God, I want to go to bigger places. I want to go to another level. Do you know what God's formula for that is? Okay, I will take you through a spot where you are forced to be dependent upon the power that I placed within you. I go from one stage to a higher, more developed stage. Let me say this one more time. You are not just transformed by words in Scripture. You are also transformed by what you endure. Let me go back to the example that I just showed you. When he's grinding it out during the workout, he is having to endure. His body is screaming. His mind. Do you know it's also... it. You, you know how they talk about the mind-muscle connection? That's absolutely correct. The whole time you're doing that to your body, your mind is saying, stop, stop, stop. But guess what? When you didn't stop, do you know what was actually happening? You are training your mind that the next time your body says stop, your mind will say, no, I've been here before. You can keep going. Are you hearing me? See, some of you, watch this, you've been through some things, and now when you're facing similar situations, you are more developed than you were last time. You don't get as worked up, you don't get stressed out, you don't worry about it because you say, no, I've been here before, God done something before, He'll do it again. Are you hearing me? So that's what Paul said. He says, when we go through these things that God allows as part of the process... He says, it doesn't make us weaker, it actually develops us to become stronger. That when we face similar situations, we, we don't lose control, we're not, gonna, we're not going under, uh-uh. but we just keep going. We faint not. This just came to me. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Listen to this. What, is the ver- what does the Bible say? He says, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength was small. Is that not what it says? If you're a Christian that faints at any old thing, you need to learn how to be developed. And that means, watch this, how do I know? Again, I'm going to ask you this question. How do I know that what I'm going through has been sent by God or, is it, or it is an attack of the enemy? Is it causing me to develop my godly character? My image in Christ, is it causing me to do that? Or is it causing me to push away from it? If it is causing me to shut down this inward man, if it's causing me to push myself away from the things of God, it has not been sent by God. It is a demonic attack, and you better deal with it. Somebody say amen if you're still with me. Some things are a part of the process. Some things you need to put under your feet. All right, again. So... The word renewed means to go from one stage to a more higher, more developed stage. We, we know this verse from, uh, from memory. We go from glory to glory. 
that means we go from one stage of glory to a higher stage of glory. Now, how do you do that? By how you're transformed in your mind. Let, let me show you what that means. You know the famous verse, Be thou transformed by the renewing of your mind. That word transformed is metamorpho, where we get the word metamorphosis. When you think of metamorphosis, you think of what? A caterpillar. Metamorphosite, transforming into a what? A butterfly. Guess how it does that? It doesn't just miraculously one day say, I'm going to grow some wings and I'm going to become a butterfly. That's not how this works. Watch this, watch. It purposely puts itself in a tight place. It purposely, do you, do you feel like you're in a tight place right now? It purposely puts itself in a tight place where it has nobody else to depend on but what is within. Some of you didn't catch that. God, you, God is putting you in a place right now where you are in a tight place where you have nothing else to rely on but what He's put on the inside of you. How do I know that the suffering that I may be dealing with right now is from God? It will pull the real you out. Let me say that one more time. It will pull the real you, the one that God sees already, it will pull that out. God told Joseph, you're going to be the leader of your family, all of your brothers, your father, they're even going to bow to you. Joseph is like, yeah. <laughs> but guess what? He was still a caterpillar. God had to then process him. You say, no, 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 no. No, the enemy tried to destroy Joseph. He threw, you know, his brothers despised him. They hated him. They threw him in the pit. They left him for dead and all this other. No, no, no. Remember, remember what Joseph said. When his brothers came and apologized, he said, no, this was not your doing. Who did he say did it? God did it. God did it. God purposely put him in a tight place where Joseph had nobody else to rely on but God. And guess what happened? It pulled out the gifts that was inside of Joseph. That when he stood before Pharaoh, he didn't say, oh, I don't know what to do. He knew what to do. He immediately depended upon the gift of God that was on the inside of him. And notice what Pharaoh said. He said, this man has the Spirit of God. Now, how did that happen? You said, Joseph, he suffered. He did suffer. But this suffering did not cause him to go away from God. This suffering actually caused him to get closer to God, to seek, to pull out what God had placed on the inside of him. That revelation, that dream that God gave Joseph, that was a glimpse into his future. But God knew how to get him there. Some of y'all needs to hear that one more time. God knows how to get you to the glimpse that he showed you. When you stop saying, well, I think it needs to be this way, and I think this... When you stop doing that, you're really on the right track. <laughs> Somebody say hallelujah. All right. Paul said, I want to know the fellowship of his suffering so that I will be conformed to him. In other words, Paul said, if this is part of the process to make me more like Christ, come on. You better hear me real good in here today. I'm not telling you to put up with the devil's junk. You know me better than that. But I'm telling you, raise your hands right now if you're going through some things in life.
Is it causing you to seek after God more? Is it causing you to say, you know what? I am sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm getting in this word and I'm grabbing a hold of God and I'm not letting go until I get something. If it's causing those things to happen, you don't need to rebuke it. Paul, or excuse me, God told Paul, he said, my grace is made perfect, or my strength is made perfect in your what? Weakness. You are going to ask me this question. Pastor Robbie, when are things going to change in my life? I mean, seriously, when are they going to change? Would you like for me to tell you? When what you're going through no longer changes you. You want me to be a little bit more specific? Your circumstances are going to change when they stop determining how well you serve God. I can't have peace. I can't have I can't enjoy life until this thing changes. Well, it's not going to change. You, you just might as well get comfortable. I'm not going to be happy until I have this, until I have that. Well, you might as well just be comfortable with being unhappy. Because God's going to let you stay right there until you stop being outside minded and start being inside minded. Let me tell you where your peace comes. It does not come from an outside circumstance. Your peace comes from within. Your joy comes from within. Let me tell you something. I don't care if somebody I look up to highly, they walk away from God or whatever. I don't care what happens. Your relationship with God has nothing to do with what's going on on the outside of you. Your relationship has to do with what God is doing on the inside of you. If your trust and your hope is in a circumstance or it's in somebody else, you're going to be sadly disappointed. That's the whole point. Why am I going through what I'm going through? God is teaching you how to quit being so affected by what's going on around you. Everybody look at me real quick. You are not somebody in the world. You are, you are to have the mind of Christ. Well, I, praise the Lord, I have the mind of Christ. Do you really? Because, hey, let me tell you something. Jesus went through some stuff. I'm not, just, I'm not talking about the cross. That's something that only he could do. But I'm talking about on a daily basis. He had people that did not like him. He had people that did not believe in him. Every situation in his life, it was not perfect. But the Bible said, watch this, the Bible makes this statement. It said that God anointed him with the joy of gladness. He anointed him with joy. So that means that Jesus went around having joy. Did that come from his circumstances? I don't think so. Again, let me make this statement. Just because you're suffering doesn't mean you're godly. Doesn't mean you're getting closer to God. So do not say, well, the more I suffer, the more I'm going to become like God. That's not what I'm telling you. But I'm telling you that there are some things that are a part of your process... Your process is different from mine. My process is different from hers. So when are things going to change in your life? When the things you're going through no longer change you. Watch this. Hebrews 5.8. Look at this. 
Look what it said about Jesus. It says, Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he what? Let me ask you a question. Are you suffering right now because of a lack of obedience? Or are you suffering to learn obedience? There's a big difference. There's a big difference in what I just said. There are some people, watch this, there are some people, do you know the reason why they're suffering all the time? It's because they make stupid decisions. Somebody raise your hand and say hallelujah. That's the truth. If I am constantly making foolish decisions and then turn around and say, I don't know why God's not blessing me. I don't know why God's not blessing me. Come on. Then I said it could be a lack of obedience. What is God asking you to do and you won't do it? Where is God asking you to go? What direction is He asking you to go? And you are refusing to go in that direction. That is suffering because of a lack of obedience. But watch this. Did Jesus suffer because of a lack of obedience? I don't think so. He did everything His Father told Him to do. So what does that statement mean? I just told you. Are you learning obedience through your suffering? Do you want to know why? Where I learned faithfulness to God? Do you want to know where I learned it? I can tell you right now, I did not learn it in a happy place. I'd love to be up here to tell you right now that, you know, I came to God and I learned of God. I learned to have great faith and all this other stuff. I learned it with rainbows, sunshine, and cupcakes. I'd love to tell you that, but I didn't. I learned all of these things where it, when it, in a season in my life where it felt like everything was crashing down around me. I learned to be faithful through my suffering. I learned to have faith in God through my suffering. Y'all want me to be real in here this morning? This is where I learned it. I learned the things that I'm teaching you today through my suffering. But that's, watch this, that's the kind of obedience that you want. It's not, watch this, you don't want to suffer because of a lack of obedience. You want to learn obedience through your suffering. When you come out of what you're going through, and I want you to listen to me very closely. When you come out of what you're going through today, you are going to have a richer relationship with God than you ever had before. You are going to have stronger character than you ever had before. Situations in life will not move you whatsoever. Do you know what that is? That is learning obedience through suffering. Look at Romans 8.18. It says, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory which shall be what? Where? So you mean to tell me that what I'm going through right now the glory is going to be revealed out of me? In other words, what God has placed on the inside of me is going to be revealed out here? Yes. <laughs> Woo! I want to be used by God. I want to reach the multitude. I want to make a difference in people's lives. I want God to use me to change the world. Well, guess what? This is exactly what He's doing. He's answering your prayers. He is answering your prayers. How many knows that olive oil is precious, right? I, I like olive oil. Do you like olive oil? But the only way to get that oil from the inside to the outside is how? You have to crush it. You have to smash it and you have to smear it 
to get the oil out of the olive oil or out of the olive. That's the only way. See, God, watch this. God right now is teaching you to stop thinking like you've always thought. He is teaching you how to stop depending on your flesh and start depending on what is on the inside of you to answer the problems around you. And watch this. What you are going to learn is going to carry you for the rest of your life. This is not a one-time glory. This is not a, oh, praise God, thank you, Jesus. I'm glad I made it out of that. All right, let's keep going. No, no, no. What you learn is going to carry you for the rest of your life. Now, look at verse 28. This is is one of the most famous verses of the Bible that everybody and their grandmother love. It says, For we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are called according to His purpose. This is a verse that the enemy has twisted more than many other verses. Let me tell you why. Because, watch this, the enemy has told people that this applies to everybody. It don't matter what's happening. don't matter what you're going through. Hey, it's all going to work out. How many of you have ever heard somebody say that? Hey, it'll work out. Now, why does the enemy tell people that? You know, this is for everybody. Because he wants you to be comfortable and not seek after God. 99% of the suffering that people go through is not of God. Say, somebody say amen or oh me. 99%. So that means that all these people are suffering. Hey, you know, God's, God's working on me. God's doing this. God's teaching me something. It's not true. Most of the suffering that people go through is from the things that I've told you earlier. Now, this only applies to a certain group of people. Now, you're going to say, it applies to Christians. Wrong. There are many people today who are saved, but they do not fit this criteria. There's only one group of people. Finish the verse. All things work to the good. All things are going to work to the good. You can't stop right there. Finish it. For them who do what? Who love God. If I love Him, what am I doing? God, what do you want me to do? What can I do for you? Right? That's what love does. So number one, if I love God. And then number two, what? If I'm called according to His what? Say that word again. Purpose, purpose, purpose. This verse only applies to them who are living on purpose, by purpose, and for purpose. Now watch this. You ought, if you are in here this morning and you are living in the will of God, if you are living in God's will for your life, you ought to get excited and consider it an honor when the enemy attacks you. Boy, I lost everybody in there right now. Let me tell you why you should get excited. Because watch this. Now, I'm going to show you one revelation of that verse in Genesis 3.15. Pull that up one more time. When he says, he will bruise your heel. Let me show you one revelation of what that verse means. This is when you need to get excited when the enemy attacks you. If you're in the purpose and the plan that God has for you. Because when he, atta- when he snaps at your heel, what's that cause you to do? You didn't get it. Watch this. Watch. When the enemy hits you, now his plan is to destroy you, but he can't. He can't stop you. So guess what? 
Him attacking you doesn't hurt you. It actually helps you because He does nothing but propel you into the place that you need to be. I'll, I'll just praise God myself. Thank you, Lord. God says, I will turn everything for your good if you are in my plan and purpose for your life. If you love me, whatever the enemy sends your way, I am going to turn it for your advantage. This is why you need to get excited when the enemy is attacking you. When you need to consider it an honor when the enemy is attacking you. Now, watch this though. If you are not in God's purpose for your life, you need to be scared. Because, watch this, because when the enemy attacks you, He'll come to accomplish the three things that he wants to do. Steal, kill, and destroy from you. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Prophetic Faith, the podcast edition. For partnering information or for prayer requests, you can go to our website at www.accelerantfaith.org or you may email us at accelerantfaith at yahoo.com. And just remember, one word from God can change anything.